Hey guys, welcome to the Dog Pod, your source for canine curated content. My name is Rebecca, and this is our first episode. We are chatting about any topic related to dogs. That's what canine curated content really refers to. It could be anything from products that you might use to dog breeds to this story I heard on the news to the social media account. There's all plethora of dog things in the world. And the Dog Pod is hoping to deliver information on all of those things and hopefully provide some like insightful tidbits for you to take away as well. So today's episode is actually focused on this phenomena that's come out of the pandemic called pandemic puppies. And no, they are not infected with anything. And yes, there are some really, you know, good positive things that have come out of this trend. However, at the same time, I think there's some other things that are popping up and people are now realizing that this situation is potentially uh, not the best time to get a dog. So one of the first moves that people make when the pandemic hit and we were, you know, put into lockdown mid-March 2020 was uh, they started evaluating essentially everything that they had within their home space and a whole bunch of people clued into the fact that they wanted to use that time at home to get a new dog. So starting way back in March 2020, which feels like eons ago, just because we've been going through this for so long, we've lived several lives in the uh, stress and kind of flux and chaos of this pandemic. There was a moment when people evaluated what they had going on in their lives and what they had available to them in their homes. And a lot of them decided that that was the moment that they could actually contribute time to a new puppy and decided to get a dog. So this phenomena is actually marked by the uh, increases that shelters and breeders saw right at the start of the pandemic. And so you get articles that go back as early as April that start reporting on pandemic puppies being a thing and that people were running out and grabbing puppies from every everywhere that they could get them. And so shelters were actually clearing out through that time. They had long waiting lists for foster puppies and all these fostering programs. And in Canada, they reported between 20 and 60% increase depending on where they were located. And um, that's a pretty significant increase alone. I also think it's it's interesting to see that was one of the first moves that people decided to make. It's like, as soon as they had an opportunity to spend more time at home, they then decided, oh, now we can bring a dog into our family. And it's, I think there's a lot to be said for our culture. I mean, we have millions of dogs within Canada. There's about 7 million dogs in Canada. There's 9 million in the UK. There's like 60 or 70 million in the US. So there's a lot of dogs. It is interesting though, that that was one of the first moves that people made. And while we were all racing out there and getting toilet paper, for instance, and cleaning supplies, there were also a huge amount of people that were getting dogs and setting up their family for fostering. And I think that fostering is probably the best route to go in this case. One of the other increases that a lot of shelters reported was an increase in the amount of people who uh, kept the dog that they were fostering. And so most of the time, this number is reported around 10% of foster families end up keeping the dog that they foster. And uh, that bumped up all the way to 25%. So these are pretty significant numbers overall. I think that the fact that shelters were cleared out in some areas is pretty amazing. And I, I do love that people thought 
oh, now's the time for a dog and that a dog would be an amazing thing to integrate and now I have this time to give towards this. I think that all of those are really positive things. A dog also leads into these really positive things that you want to try to maintain or hang on to when your schedule is thrown out the window. So they really do keep you on a routine and they help keep you grounded. They help with your stress. Uh, So I, I think the reason, the rationale behind bringing a dog in to your house during this time you know like even if you'd been thinking about it for a while and this was the moment that's really smart you know some of the pitfalls that I was considering when I thought about you know whether I would pull the same move and get a dog during the pandemic I already own a dog but I mean like would that be a decision that I would also make one of the big ones was socialization I I did think there would be very limited moments. There was a time uh, for more than a month or two, I think, uh, where in Toronto, we did not have any dog parks open because all of the parks were closed. So the parking lots were closed, the parks were closed, gates were locked on dog parks. And that meant there were very limited locations that you could go to with your pet. And that makes a huge difference for socialization, especially for a new puppy, which is um, a really important time to get that socialization in. Uh, But also there's, you know, the access to vets through that time period and whether you could get them fixed when you would need to. And even just the fact that they uh, don't have a schedule or a routine that they're following, you know, specifically like they would if you had to get up and leave the house every day. So it's an interesting change in the, you know, socialization of a dog. Um, They lose some of those aspects and those formalities that actually help a dog adapt to their new environment and adapt to you and your lifestyle. Even just the idea that a lot of these new puppies were not being crate trained, which is not something that all owners would choose, but there are probably quite a few that if they were getting up and leaving the house every day and and coming home, they would probably want a dog that was crate trained just so that it was managed in the absence of anyone being there. And these dogs being raised in environments where everyone's home all day. So it, it really creates a different scenario than what most dogs were brought into previously. This also reminded me that there are quite a few people that will get these dogs through this time and not be able to manage with them. And if it's, you know, for financial reasons, potentially, you know, those big changes in their lives because job situations are in flux and our economy is in flux, or it's potentially because they didn't expect that it would be so hard to have a dog in the middle of a pandemic. And we we don't really know day to day what changes and what new implications are going to come out of those changes in our society and kind of economy. And all of those impacts go right down to the home level. So there was an article entitled Getting a Pandemic Puppy Was a Terrible Idea. And this woman describes why. She had been thinking about getting a dog for her family for a while. And she has, uh, I think it was two kids and her husband and, you know, the full household. And when the pandemic hit, they were like, oh, now's the time. We can go out and get our puppy now. And so they go get a puppy. It was a little brown lab and bring it home. And she said it was just too much. It's too much for her because raising this new puppy was a new stressor. 
From the article, our pandemic puppy was a terrible idea, but I was not overjoyed. Now that the dog I pined for was an actual presence in my home, I was not smitten with his adorableness. I was worried, as the stress of the raging pandemic seeped into every pore and neuropathway of my being. Nine-pound Wally was, quite frankly, one more thing to keep alive. There was, and potentially still is, this feeling of survival that's come out of the pandemic, which strangely was the reason probably why a lot of people went for toilet paper. But I think there's also this, you know, we were running out of meat and eggs and milk through that those beginning days as well. And if you ran out and got a dog in that time, I could see that being a huge stressor of just trying to cope with all of these changes within our society and within our worlds. And and for, as a parent with kids, you know, all of the changes to their school and to their lives, let alone the changes to your work life and social life and family life and all of that. And then add this other new little animal, new little pet on there and try to keep them going as well and get them used to your life and not have them essentially bring the chaos that they do bring into your life. It was such a chaotic time, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. So getting a puppy is actually one of the craziest things to think of through that time. Like lovely, again, in theory, but the reality is there's people are struggling and <laughs> to bring a dog into that scenario on top of it. It was just, and there was a lot of people who did it. So one of the other pitfalls of this is probably that a lot of those dogs will have to be surrendered later and maybe brought back to the breeder, maybe brought back to the shelter. And essentially people will have to give up these new dogs. And that's really hard on a dog. Um, that adjustment from one home to the next and kind of that constant fear that they're living with of being abandoned again. I think that that's a really terrible thing and it makes me sad to think about it. And I do think that someone calling that earlier rather than later and making sure that they are, you know, self-aware enough to say, yeah, this is too much and we shouldn't have gotten one. And, you know, to really try and get that dog into a better situation and better home by bringing them back to the breeder or whoever, or finding another home for it that's appropriate. I think that that's really important. It's just with the amount of dogs that were acquired through that time period, I do feel like that is a potential secondary wave of dogs that are then surrendered back to the shelter or breeder or other families through this time period. And um, and that's that's pretty sad to think about. But that was one of the things that I was actually happy that this woman who wrote the uh, article on why getting a pandemic puppy was a terrible idea for her family. She said she did have to bring it back to the breeder. And I, I think that that's better than having a dog live in a potentially negative situation. Ultimately, you know, it's a good thing. I just think that it's... Uh, it's tough because this decision wasn't really thoroughly thought through. The Kennel Club stated in one article that they do have concerns about those puppies which may have been bought on impulse without owners doing their homework on how or where to get a dog responsibly or fully realizing a puppy is a new family member for life, not a short-term commodity. That brings up other pitfalls 
circling around the idea that if breeders and shelters are selling out and people are racing and looking all over the place for dogs, other businesses like puppy mills are thriving. And that is also heartbreaking. There was a survey that was done in the UK by the UK Kennel Club that was just asking questions to these new dog owners that had acquired dogs through the pandemic time period. And there were 42% of the respondents that did not see the breeding environment for the dog that they purchased, which is a really high number. I mean, it's almost half the group did not even see where this dog was coming from. And so if half the group hasn't seen the breeding environment, then there's a lot of other things that they've probably haven't seen. It's like the investigation process of the location and business that these dogs are coming from was not done. In that same UK Kennel Club survey, there were also 83% of the new owners that were not asked about their suitability as an owner. So the investigation into the source of your new puppy and making sure that your dog is coming from a good place and that you're not supporting a business that is potentially harming dogs in the process of producing them. I think that that's a really important thing to think about. I think that there's always that risk that the pet that you could be getting is from a puppy mill. So it's not that I'm saying that's not there. It's just kind of the urgency that's happening in this time period that could in turn see those businesses thrive is really devastating to think about. So, you know, as much as we cleared out shelters through the pandemic, (laughs) that's a beautiful thing. Um, That also means that puppy mills thrived. That's just the reality of it. They just saw the deal online and wanted to snatch it up as soon as possible. So they offered to buy it without asking any questions. And the lack of asking questions on the purchaser's part is one thing, as in you should do your research and know where you're getting your dog from. And that's a really important part about acquiring a dog. But the other side is you should also have red flags going up if the seller doesn't ask you anything, doesn't actually get into kind of the important questions of who are you? Is your house appropriate for a dog? Have you ever owned a dog before? Some of those basic questions need to be asked. An article from the Chronicle Herald stated, A good breeder wants to know that the puppy they sell will have a permanent loving home for its life in an environment where it will have contact with a person most of the day. Instead of just making a sale to whoever has the cash, there must be a good fit. If you didn't have those questions asked of you when you purchased your dog, there is a high probability that you are getting that dog from a non-reputable source, a puppy mill and or other negative situation that you would probably not choose if you had known about it. So I think it's interesting when people start talking about the limitations that the pandemic places on acquiring a dog and you can't actually, for instance, just go into people's homes and see where these dogs are now living. I also think that if that breeder provided you with a video tour of their space and of the parents in place and the siblings of your new puppy, that would probably fill in, you know, about 75% of the confidence that you might need in order to know that you're getting your dog from a really good source. So I think there are things that you could still do in the middle of a pandemic to ensure that you are getting a puppy from a good place. 
So this leads into the sad but true crime aspects of this phenomena. There was a spike in the amount of scams, frauds, and other thefts occurring through this time related to puppy acquisition. And that's interesting to think about. Not that it doesn't happen on potentially a daily basis. I actually don't know the occurrence rate per day, but it is interesting to think about kind of how much of this crime is happening regularly and how much of a spike there was through that time period. So the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, which I don't know if any of you realized it was a thing, like a separate thing. I'm, I mean, anyway, um, had 188 animal-related scams reported to them within the first four months of 2020. So that's a huge spike. Um, and they saw almost that same amount. So there was 207 reported in all of 2019. But they had 188 reported just in the first four months of the year. 124 of those 188 cases were conned out of $127,000. So there's thousands and thousands of dollars on the line here. And I mean, overall, these are, you know, small numbers, but thinking about the individuals that are actually being conned in these times. And, you know, if you lost potentially a thousand or two thousand dollars, some people lost like four thousand dollars to uh, someone online who is, quote, selling puppies, but they're fake or they're stolen, um, you know, that's it's a really big deal for that individual. Also, Canadians lost 300,000 to these scams by September 2020. And that is double what the entirety of 2019 had marked for the amount of, that was lost on these scams. So I do think that there's a significant amount of, you know, crime that was associated with this phenomena as well. It's weird to see all these spikes in these different ways just related to dog acquisition, again, during a pandemic. And a lot of this goes back to the research that you put into finding the right dog for yourself and making sure it comes from a good source. I do think that people were just jumping when they had the opportunity to get a dog. And that is the bottom line of all of this, is that a dog is not a product. You can't just rely on selling to the highest bidder. You can't just walk into the room and slam your money down and say, give me whatever you got. This is a new family member that you are looking to integrate into your life who needs to work with you in so many ways and match your lifestyle and your family. And that kind of commodity search for a, an animal is just wrong. So I do implore anyone who is considering this process at this point to really do your research well and make sure that you're going to a reputable source. And that doesn't just mean going to a breeder. It also means like look at shelters and, and really investigate the dogs they have there and see that they fit and try to keep that ball rolling. Try to keep our shelters empty. Uh, there's obviously enough demand in the world. Um, and now they're reporting, essentially, this trend is continuing. And they have all of these breeders that are saying, we're out of dogs. And we have a waiting list that is now extending into multiple birth cycles into the future. And they don't know when they'll be able to even add people to the list anymore because they've had to cut it off. So pandemic puppies is not over. It's still going. And yes, we're still going through a pandemic, but I mean, that panic is still happening for people who weren't able to acquire a dog yet. They've 
they're apparently still thinking about it and still trying to make it happen. So CBC News, which is a Canadian broadcasting corporation, is calling this the year of the dog, pandemic puppies in high demand and short supply. And this is an article that came out just at the end of October. So that's a solid six months of this trend occurring. And this article went on to describe how breeders are kind of exasperated at this point. Uh, the one breeder, she breeds Aussie Doodles. And she said, in the month of April, I had 600 inquiries. And she had more inquiries in one month than she sold dogs in 12 years. <laughs> like, there's a huge, huge demand right now. And I, I get that, you know, people are trying to find the right fit for themselves. And I don't know if that's still happening with everybody out there searching and clearing out all of the puppies within a certain kilometer radius. But it just, it seems like there's just this panic that's still in us. I think it is a bit misplaced, mostly because the actual routine and schedule that you would want to train a puppy into is lacking from your life right now. And so to bring a puppy into an environment where everybody is home all the time for months on end, and then within six months to a year, the house empties out every day for eight hours, that's like a devastating thing for that dog. And I think that that is a huge consideration in this, is that your life does not look how it potentially will look in six months to a year, fingers crossed, vaccine pending. But I think that you have to think about that in this process. And if you don't, then you're setting that dog up for a fall. And it is an emotional thing, but it's also like a abandonment thing. There's also, they go through like a secondary kind of adjustment period where you can train all the bad habits out in one go at the start and hopefully be on top of them for all of the things that they need to be trained into and out of. And then you're gonna have to hit that again down the road. So maybe this isn't the time to get a dog. Just floating that out there, seeing who grabs it. Because your life is not in a good place to actually accept anyone new because you don't have the routine and schedule that you will have in the near future. So I guess that's kind of where I'd end on this is that we saw some really amazing things come out of the pandemic puppy phenomena. And one of them is shelters emptied and fostering boomed and they actually had to put people on waiting lists to foster dogs. Like, there's a headline I want to read. That's fantastic. Let's end on that high note. I hope you guys are doing well <laughs> and that this pandemic hasn't gotten to you too much. And uh, I do plan on putting out an episode or two every week. So I look forward to being able to connect with you in the future. And I'm sending you and your dog some extra belly rubs. Have a good day. I just wanted to send a shout out and thanks to Jay from Jay's Pack, a friend of mine who uh, solidified the idea for this first episode. You can find him on Instagram at jays.pack. You can also find the dog pod there. So it's the dog.pod on Instagram. And the dog pod is also on YouTube. Uh, we will have some videos coming up later in December.